Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you, let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. Good morning. How are you guys doing this morning? Excited to be in church this morning? Excited to hear the word of God this morning? Absolutely. I'm so excited. Okay, before I do anything else, so raise your hand real high if you went to Rock the Universe. Raise your hand. All right. You see these people? Like, they need some extra coffee. They need a little extra loving. I know Ayana, I think she hit our house at 245 this morning. Um, so these guys, y'all are the troopers. Y'all are the beasts. Y'all deserve all honor and all glory except for that to God. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, I just want to give y'all props. We had like 40 people go to Rock the Universe last night. Um, so I uh, totally expect that that's why you only see these few three uh, teenagers here, because the rest of them will be here during the 11 o'clock service this morning. But anyway, I'm so glad you came to church this morning. Speaking of our kids, the reason it was uh, important to say the overlap, as Tara said on the video, is if you have a sixth grader, here's the cool thing. That's, that's like the, the banter year, uh, because if you have a sixth grader, they can go to both camps. So I am encouraging your sixth graders, just so you know, to hit you up for one camp and then to hit their grandparents up for a different, the other camp um, so that they can actually go to both in the, in the uh, gap year. But remember, uh, if it's a first time year, uh, it's 50 bucks to go to camp because uh, the church is subsidizing any of our first time people because we want everybody who um, wants to go to camp to get to it. We even want some kids that don't want to go to camp to go to camp. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm saying? So parent, if they don't want to camp, that's all right. You're the parent. Tell them they're going to camp anyway. Um, and Jesus will talk to them. It'll be good. It'll be really good. So get signed up. We need to get those signed up. I want to remind you, small groups have just launched, so it's not too late. Some small groups are actually starting this week. Um, some started last week. So you're, uh, depending on the one that you're only like a week behind, like I've got a men's group on Saturday morning. Man, we had an amazing time on Saturday morning. It's so great to get to know those guys. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. But we have a couple I want to tell you about. One is we have a small group starting this week that's in the villages. So for our active adults, as we like to refer to them here in our area, um, sermon review and restore. It's going to be a sermon review. So in other words, you'll bring your notes and review the sermon and say, this is what God talked to me and all. Uh, but uh, really excited because uh, Rob and Kim Nichterlein, is it? let me say that right. Nichterlein, I said it right. Okay, good, good. Um, so somebody asked me how to spell it, and I said, it's in... Hector line. But anyway, um, but they're having at their house um, in the villages uh, active adults, and it's a sermon review. Um, so if that's something you want to get plugged into, they're going to be on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. And then also want to tell you another uh, small group that's happening is on Thursday nights, there's a small group that's called Battlefield of the Mind. It's a, it's a study by Joyce Meyer. And um, for those of you who would like to deal with um, your crazy mind. Don't look at your neighbor when I say that. Uh, but the, you want to you deal with the battlefield that's between our ears, and we talk about that a lot. We talked recently about our thought life. You might want to get plugged in uh, with that group as well. So get plugged into a small group. And then the, what I'm most excited to tell you about before we get into the teaching is something called Right Now Media. So Right Now Media is this online, basically it's Christian Netflix, if you will. There are 13,000 children's videos. 
All right, so parents, you don't like the junk that your kids are watching. They're watching Cartoon Network and all that goulash. Um, then there's 13,000 videos on this. And then there are conferences. There is devotionals. There is small group stuff that as we lead small groups in the future, there's just thousands and thousands of, of bit of content on this. And so what I'm excited to tell you is, is the church has purchased it for you. Uh, because we want so badly to help you develop individually and develop your families. We've invested in it, and for you, it's free. And for those of you who have an email in our database, you got an email this morning, and it shows you exactly how to sign in, put a password in, and it's yours for free. Um, you can put it on your phone. There's videos you can watch while you're driving to work. You can now hand your kids your phone with videos that have the gospel presentation as opposed to Nickelodeon presentation, whatever you want to call it, uh, kind of a deal. And so we're really, really excited. So get plugged in. When you see that email, I don't want you to think it's spam or junk or something. Um, if you did not get one, a uh, really cool way that you can ask for it right now, in this moment right now, you can actually text to 41411, 41411, uh, 41411, right now, space C-O-T-L. If you text that right now, you get an invitation. It'll sign you up. It's free. Here's what's cool. You ready? You can give it to anybody you want. You got a family member in Washington, and they're struggling with financial stuff. Send it to them for free. There's a place where you can send it to. They can get on. It's free for them. There's all kinds of financial discipleship stuff. You got a family member struggling. You got someone in the community. You got some, a, a coworker. It is completely free. There are no boundaries. You can give it away. It will cost them nothing. The church is paying for that because it's a discipleship tool we're going to use. So get signed up uh, through in, in Right Now Media. Very, very, very excited about that. It's going to be really cool. We're going to jump in uh, to today. And today, I have titled the sermon, The Struggle is Real. Can I get an amen, somebody? Amen. The struggle is real, right? Raise your hand. How many of you? have been through a trial in your life. Raise your hand real high. Okay, all right. Um, how many of you are in a trial right now? Okay. Um, how many of you are sitting next to your trial? No, don't raise your hand. Just kidding. Just, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. That was, that was, that was not good. That was not good. Don't do that. All right. If, if you just raise your hand, we have counseling available. Um, I want to talk about that today. Um, and today is, can I just like up front set, you guys know I'm pretty kind of a lay it all out there kind of guy, put all the cards on the table. So can I just say this to you today? Today's not as much a feel good message as a message we just have to have. Does that make sense? Because we're going to talk about trials and temptations, trials and temptations. And, and, and there's, there's a reality to this life that sometimes we just like to avoid. Anybody like to avoid all the stuff, right? Uh, anybody in a family that just tried to kind of sweep everything under the rug? You didn't want to talk about things. You don't want to deal with things. You just kind of, yeah, we'll just pretend and we'll just like pretend like everything's okay. And it's really not. It's really not. And so we're going to start this series called Life Hacks. And we're going to study the book of James for the next eight weeks. All right? For the next eight weeks, we're going to be in the book of James. Here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. I'm going to encourage you to take up reading James every day. Okay? For the next several weeks. And so this week, I want you to concentrate on chapter one. So chapter one, I'm going I'm to ask you, like, after we go through a little bit, and we're going to break it down, we're going to go almost verse by verse, but not quite uh, today. And, and, um, but I want you to, to let God speak to you through these words. And the reason the book of James and the reason the concept life hacks is because a life hack is something that makes your, your life easier, right? It's, it's something that, like, we always joke around a lot because 
we would go out to the ranch where uh, Don and Misty live and stay out there when they were gone. And it seemed like every time we went out there, we would find a life hack. Like Jen would find something in Misty's kitchen and go, oh, I got to have that. Right? Or this kind of thing. And then there's a couple times like we had a beach trailer. So they got to be like you life hack each other kind of. Right? And, and, and so that's the idea. But, but what I want you to understand is the Bible is a book of life hacks. Like that, that's what it is. Like God is just saying, if, if you will just simply, if you'll just simply do what it says in my word, if you'll, if you'll do that scenario, your life will be easier. It'll, it, it'll go better. Not that you won't have trials, but you'll be able to handle the trials much better. How many of you would say you have ever handled a trial badly? Anybody here ever feel like you have ever handled every trial in your life perfectly? Anybody? Okay, good. Nobody's lying in the first service. That's good. The reality is, is we can all look back and go, man, I remember when this happened and I lost my mind. And a lot of those stories go back to teenagers or small children, right? Right? I, I think of the girl, there's, there's that video that came out a while back. Do you ever see the mom that had quadruplets? And she went and hid in the pantry. She, she hid in the pantry and she made this YouTube video. And it was this, and she was just talking and she's like, I'm just trying to get away for a minute. And she's in there like stuffing her face with Twizzlers and M&Ms and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, she, and she's like, you want to see what I'm talking about? You want to see? And she takes the, the video camera and she puts it down to the bottom of the door. And under the door, you see an eye. And she goes, hi. Hi. Right? You ever, you ever feel that way? Right? And so the reality of trials, the reality of these things in our lives, they're, they're not going away. And so the, the point is not to make ourselves have no trials because that would be unbiblical. The Bible said you're going to have trials. The point is for us to get better at dealing with trials, right? And that, that's my goal for this. So let's, let's jump in. James 1, verse 1 says this. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Stop. So who's James? James is the brother of Jesus, right? He's the actual physical brother of Jesus. The coolest thing about his story, I think, is that he didn't believe Jesus was God, right? Well, duh, if your brother came to you and said, I'm God, you'd be like, you're a jerk, <laughs> right? <laughs> all right. And so you can kind of picture, like, I, I just picture all these interactions over the years between James and Jesus growing up, you know, and, um, and, and you can only imagine because Jesus was perfect. Come on, anybody else have the, like, sibling that got, they got away with everything or they did everything right or they were the straight a student and you're like scraping c's out you know you know what i'm saying and so i just I, I picture this angst if you will that james had towards jesus just like whatever i don't care got an attitude the whole nine yards listen to me and then jesus rises from the dead and when he rises from the dead James has this oh poo-poo moment, right? He kind of has it like, oh, oh, oh my gosh, like, he, he's God. And I, I can't help but think, like, did he go back and go, man, what did I say? Remember when we were teenagers and I was like, blah, 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 right? Like, I mean, think through the reality of, of James's 
And so this is who's writing this book. This is, this is who we're going to study. Um, this person, this, this brother of Jesus that, that Lord only knows what kind of guilt he had or regret. He, I mean, come on. After you find out he raises from the dead and he's the son of God. And then you think back to that time that like you like got him in trouble on purpose or, you know, told mom it was him. Or, I mean, you can only imagine the relationship. So James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that statement holds more water when you set it up like that, doesn't it? And of the Lord Jesus Christ, the acknowledgement of his brother. To the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. So right now he's writing a letter because everybody has run. They are scared to death. There is persecution going on and everybody is running for the hills, right? That's, that's, that's the context he's writing this letter in. He says, greetings. And he jumps right in. Consider it. Pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. You ever heard that verse and been like, whatever? Like, I, I, I picture them getting this letter. And he's like, greetings, it's James. Not a, how are you guys doing? Not what's up. It's a, hey, you're in trial. Consider it joy. And I got to think there's some of them that would be just like us that have been like, <laughs> whatever. Right? And that struggle that we have. But understand, you're going to go through trials. But what is a trial? Because I think it's about perspective. Because if we're only looking at trials from the standpoint of our comfort, they're a horrible thing. But if we look at a trial from God's perspective... God's sovereign. He's in charge of all things. Nothing surprises him or slips through his hand. He's in control of all things, which means he has allowed this, which means God has some purpose for it. Whatever trial you're in right now, there is a purpose. There is a reason that you are in that place. It has the potential to teach you something, right? God doesn't tempt us but he does allow us to go through teachable moments. Let me give you the example like this. Parents know this, right, parents? Like, you, you don't let your kids do whatever, and you test your kids sometimes. You let them get into situations, and you test their abilities. But, but I have a goal. It's like, it's like my girls wake up in the morning, we homeschool, and the girls will wake up and go, I don't want to do school. And I'm like, get your butt up. Like, I don't care, torture, or whatever you want to call it. Get up and go. Why? Because I have a goal. What my goal is, is that they get out and pay their own bills. Can I get an amen, somebody? Amen. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I have a goal for their life. I'm trying to teach them. I love this one. They always say to me, I hate algebra. I'm never going to use this again. To which I say, you're going to use this every single day. And they're like, whatever, Dad. And I said, you're going to use diligence every day of your life. Right? Just finishing stuff you don't want to do. Anybody here this week have to do anything you didn't want to do? It's called diligence, right? We're, we're going to go through it. And your heavenly father is no different than me as a parent. He's going to allow you to go through stuff. He, he's even going to put you into places. Now, he's not the one who does the tempting. But there's something interesting about school because we have these things called tests. Anybody here a good test taker? Any, any good test takers? Yeah, we don't like you people. No, I'm kidding. But, 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 but like those who aren't good test takers, 
like you really struggle with that scenario, you need to hear this is the way it works. When you go through our education system, whether it be homeschool or private school or public school, whatever, there's these things called tests. Why do we take tests? The reason we take tests is because it's testing whether or not you understand the material. And if you understand the material, you get to move on. But if you don't, you got to go back and repeat the material. Listen to me. Same scenario with God. Some of us are running around the same mountains because all we're looking at is from the standpoint of comfort. We're not looking at it from the standpoint of, God, what are you trying to teach me? What is it that I need to learn? Because I don't know about you guys, I just as soon take the test and pass and move on, right? And yet so many of us get stuck. God is more interested in your character than your comfort. He's more interested in your holiness than your happiness. And so he's developing us. He is doing something inside of us. This is not in your notes, but Proverbs 17 and 3, and these are the verses where I'm not going to get a lot of amens. These are not like the feel-good stuff, but we got to hear that. We, we, we need to hear this. Listen, Proverbs 17 and 3. The crucible for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the heart. When they, when they clean up gold or silver and the purify, they heat it up, and all the impure things float to the top, and then they scrape it off so that there's a purity, right? There's a purity that God is trying to create inside of you right now. In whatever it is, in whatever trial, in whatever struggle that is you're going through. James 1, 2 through 3, consider it pure joy. I don't, I don't want to consider it pure joy. That's because I'm looking at it from comfort. No, 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 no. Consider it pure joy. Okay, God, you're doing so. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're trying to make something pure inside of me? Consider it pure joy, my brothers. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Verse 2 and 3, and so my first point would be, we need to understand the difference between reality and feelings. Reality and feelings. The difference between realities. See, the problem when we find ourselves in a trial or a struggle or something going on, the problem has a tendency to hijack our learning experience. You know what I mean by that? The, the problem has a tendency to hit us and our emotions get involved. Come on, anybody had a, a trial lately that stirred your emotions? Something that got you, whether it be mad or upset or scared, fearful. And, and, and those things have a tendency to hijack the learning experience, right? Where it just becomes worry and struggle. All trials, all trials are trying to create perseverance in us. What is perseverance? Patient endurance. So God allows us to be in places that are going to test us, that are going to pull us. What's amazing is we have this tendency to run away from the exact thing that God is actually using to test us, right? One of the places I think we get tested the most is our family. Come on, anybody? Anybody have any trials in your family? Right? And we look at our family like, well, here comes Easter, and we got to get together, or here comes Thanksgiving, or here comes this, and we got to do, and there's this, this trial of the family, right? And, and, and some of us are just at the point where we're like, I'm just trying to not get so mad I kicked the dog. And the reality that God has put you in that place, because he's refining something in you, right? He's, he's refining something in me. 
even when my family, even when my workplace. And so there's a difference. We've got to understand the difference between reality and our feelings because feelings will take you to the wrong place. When the reality is, is that God is working something inside of you. Look at it at verse four. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Man, that sounds good, doesn't it? Right? I want to be mature and complete, not lacking. But perseverance, what does it say? Must finish its work. So here's a message we don't want to hear, because what you would like for me to say today is, God's going to bless you and get you out of your situation. And this is the way we like to preach in America today, because it fills the seats. And what I need you to hear today is, that's not what the Word says. The Word says it's got to finish its work. In other words, it's working on the inside of you. And so point number two is, you got to cooperate with God's growth process. you got to cooperate with God's growth process. Some of us right now, we're in such a struggle or a strife or whatever, this trial that's going on around us, and we're doing everything to get away from it, run from it, avoid it, I want out, I hate this job, I hate this situation, I hate that, blah, blah, and we're running from the school that God has put us in. It's a perspective thing. And until I start cooperating, guess what? He's just going to put me in another school. Right? Go ahead, leave your family, and see if he doesn't put you in another situation. That, that's going to go ahead and leave your job before you've brought proper closure to whatever it is that God's called you to do that, and see if he didn't put you in another situation that's going to work on you because you know what the common denominator of every situation in your life is you <laughs> right we, we look at everybody else I look at everybody else they did this they did that blah, 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 blah. right I, I laugh all the time about me getting mad about the left lane you know what's the problem with that situation? Mike is the problem with that situation. Come on. It's, it's me responding, right? No, it's the drivers. It's the snowbirds. It's the, right? We have this tendency to point our fingers at everyone else. You point fingers at the people at your work, in your home. And it's time, listen to me, it's time for us to look in the mirror. Time for me to look at me and say, God, what are you doing inside of me? Refine like the gold. Bring the impurities out of me. I, I want to pass this test. I'm tired of running around this mountain. Do you have any mountains you're tired of running around? Then it's going to require you to pass the test. It's going to require you to get real about you and what's going on inside of you. Some of your trials are the answers to your prayers. Some of your trials are the answers. To, you've asked God, help me with this, God. And he goes, okay, then let me put you in this situation. And then we run from that situation, or we don't do that situation well, and we pray the prayer again. So what does he do? He gives us another situation. And then we go, oh, my life, oh my God, right? Sometimes what you're in right now is exactly what you've asked for. Um, I heard somebody ask this one time, asked this, this real successful guy, how do you become successful? And he said, that's easy, two words, good decisions. Guy said, okay, well, how do you make good decisions? God said, that's easy, one word, experience. Okay, how do you get experience? That's easy, two words, bad decisions. <laughs> right? Right? 
Come on, some of the greatest things in your life have come out of the darkest moments of your life, right? When you were in the refining fire, when you went through the trial, when you went through the struggle, that's why James is looking at you and I and saying, hey guys, consider it pure joy. God is doing something. Listen to me, if you're not going through a trial right now, you might need to get on your knees and go, God, how come you're not working on me? Have you ever thought about it from that point of view? Right? Listen to me. If the devil's coming up against you, then that's kind of a compliment. Because if he's not, maybe you're walking with him. Right? This is why James says, consider it all pure joy. We say it this way, no pain, no gain. Right? We, we, we can have feel-good messages all day long, but until we get down to the nitty-gritty of the real, till we get down to the place where we say, I, I actually want to work. I, I actually want to deal with the stuff inside of me. Yeah, I'll deal with it. Yeah, I'll go to counseling. I'll get in a small group. I'll come to church. I'll do, I'll do whatever. Because you know what? Until you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, you're going to keep running around the mountain. You're going to keep failing the test. You're going to keep in that same scenario. And so you see people do this over and over again. And the next thing you know, they're getting a divorce. Because, well, it's my spouse's fault. They're not making me happy. Or they leave a job just when God was trying to have them in that place to reach a certain person or to grow something up or create perseverance inside of them. I think the overall message that God would like us to hear through James this morning is this. He don't run from whatever it is that's going on right now. Just flip your perspective. We, we, we've got to cooperate with what it is that God's doing. Romans 5, 3 through 4. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. If I had read that at the beginning, you had one mindset. Now you're starting to have a little bit of a mindset. Yeah. Rejoice in your sufferings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you doing, God? What's going on inside of me? Because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance, character and character, hope. If there's anything that our community needs, it's hope. Right? So much lost hope. I had the opportunity Friday night to go on a ride along with Leesburg's Finest. And it was amazing. They put a vest on me and the chief took all, all uh, holds off. He said, Where, Pastor Mike can go wherever you guys go. We got into some stuff up in Leesburg. I can tell you all some stories now. Uh, we were all up into houses and we had, a, we had a wreck and the two people driving got into a fight in the middle of 27. Uh, we had to get out in the middle of that kind of thing. But, but I saw... I saw some of the depths, if you will, of the struggle of our community. And man, does our community need hope? Because they're finding it in a bottle, and they're finding it in the bottle of a glass. They're finding it in not their spouse and somebody else, because you know the grass is always greener, right? They're finding it in so many places, but it's because we get to the point where we are looking at our trials from the standpoint of comfort. And if you do that from long enough, you'll say, forget it. I'm going to find something to make me comfortable. As opposed to, God, what is it that you're doing? What is it that you're growing? First Peter 1 and 6 and 7. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, listen to me, for a little while you may have to suffer grief of all kinds of trials. That's talking about this lifetime. I love that perspective, those words, for a little while. In other words, your life is, it's just, come on, y'all, it's 80 years, right? That's kind of what this is saying. Look, for a little while, for the next 80 years, okay, you're, yeah, you're going to have to go through some stuff, and you're going to have to have trials. 
These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine. It's for your faith. I'm establishing faith inside. I'm, I'm building something inside of you. I'm building something through this. Then it may be proved genuine. It may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. God is trying to develop something in you. Cooperate. Cooperate. Okay, God, I'm in. I'm in. What are, what are we doing here? What are you growing inside of me? What are you doing? Next verse, James 1 and 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, I love how James goes to wisdom here when we're talking about dealing with trials, right? If any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. Number three, just ask for God's help. Just ask for God's help. Listen to me. Instead of asking for God to get you out, ask God to help you through. Right? God, you have me here for a reason. I trust in your sovereignty. I trust that nothing surprises you. Yes, it's painful. Yes, it's weird. Yes, it's uncomfortable. But what do you want, God? What is it that you are doing? What is it that you're carrying me through? I need your wisdom. Here's, the, here's, the, here's what I want you to start asking. When, when, when poo-poo comes, because poo-poo's going to come, right? You, you, you're going to get that report. You know, we've had some medical reports. We've had some families that are struggling. We've had different things. When, when you get that report, I want you to say, instead of we have this tendency to go, why, God? What did I do wrong? Why me? How come now when this and that and this? And the, no, 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 no. Hey, God, what should I be learning right now? What should I be learning right now? What is it that you want me to learn? Because I want to know the information so I can pass the test. Anybody else want to pass the test? I want to pass the test to get past this. Teach me to trust you in everything, no matter what it is. So cool where James goes next. Look at verse 6. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. You, you, you ask for the wisdom, right? And, and, and you ask for the wisdom to go through the trial and what it is, but you can't go, well, you know, I guess God. No, 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 no. You, you can't doubt. You must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like a wave in the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. You ever been in a storm in a boat? I remember being a kid and we got stuck in a big old storm out in my dad's fishing boat. And I mean, the waves were like bigger than, you know, the both sides of the boat. And it was freaky scary. And you, and it, you feel like you have no control, right? And, and sometimes that's what it's like when you begin to let doubt set in. When you don't stand on the fact that God is God. Can I say this to you today if you have nothing else today? Hey, y'all, God is God. And he's still sitting on his throne, and he is still completely in control. And there is nothing, nothing that has made him pop up off of his throne and go, oh my gosh. It is all right here in the palm of his hand. No matter how crazy it feels, no matter how desperate it looks, it is all under his control right in the palm of his hand. So... That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord if he's double-minded. He's a double-minded man. So what does that mean, number four? You've got to keep a good attitude. 
You know what I think the synonym of attitude is? Faith. Show me your attitude, I'll show you your faith. Right? The way in which I trust what we're saying, because what we're saying right now is some pretty tough stuff. Let's just, let's be real about that. What we're saying right now, right here in, on Sunday morning, I'm saying it to you and you're going, yes. And I, and I gotta do, but Wednesday's coming, y'all. Come on, it's hump, hump day, right? What day is it? Hump day, right? Like, hump day's coming. Monday's coming. Anybody got a crazy schedule tomorrow? Right? It's coming. And it's on that day, not this day. It's on that day that I have to stand on who God is and what his word says. No matter how I feel, I need reality more than I need my feelings. And the reality is, is that God has it all under control and he's there and he knows what he's doing and you can trust him. When it feels like you can't, you can trust him. When it feels like the situation is completely out of control and you have no answers, you can trust him. He has them all. Right? That, that has to be the mindset. So, so we have to keep a good attitude. Look at, look, I'm going to skip down to verse 12. Um, it says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. That's the good stuff, Right? Because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Many of us, whew, many of us continue to struggle in this world in doubt. Because we're trying to live free from pressure and secure. That's, that's our goal. This is, this is the goal. I, I, I want to live free from pressure and secure. What is that based in? That's based on comfort, right? That, look, look, I, I, I don't want to have any pressure. I don't want to have the, tr I just want to like, like we all think about like, man, I just want to buy a little place on a beach in Costa Rica and live out the rest of my life, right? Right? Many, many of you, some of you villagers moved to the villages thinking like, it's America's friendliest hometown, <laughs> right? And then you got out in your golf cart. Somebody tried to kill you. Like, you know, <laughs> not so friendly on the golf. Anyway, no, no, my point is, is, this is the problem. This is what the world is selling us. That, that, that this is the goal, right? That the goal is for you to not have pressure and to be secure. And can I say to you, this is not the goal. This is not what God has in mind for you. It is factual that we will have trials. That is an impossible reality to change. Do you hear what I'm saying? Right? That, that, that's an impossible reality. You're going to have trials from now until Jesus comes back or you go home one or the other. You're going you're gonna to wrestle. You're going to struggle. Some of us have different areas where there's different trials for us, but you're going to have those trials. The Bible does not describe us living free from pressure and comfortable or secure. The Bible describes us leaving, living free under pressure and mature. That's the goal. You're going to have the trials. It's coming. The point is for us to get to the point where our maturity and our faith is so strong in who he is and what he has for us that... 
Not that we go bring it on. Like we're, we're not like Captain Dan. You know what I mean? It's forced come up for those of you who didn't catch that. Like we're not like bring it on God and all this kind of, right? It's not that scenario. But, but, but it's the reality that we go, I know trials are coming. I know stuff's coming. It's all right. My God's got me. And not only has he got me, he's going to teach me something in the middle of it. How cool is God, right? How cool is God that he's going to do something that's going to grow me, mature me, develop something inside of me so that I'm even better? That increases our witness. Our, when people see us go through crazy stuff and go like, like why, why are you not freaking out right now? And the reason I'm not freaking out because well, well, God's working on something in me. What do you mean God's working on something? What, do you, what is he working on? I don't know. That's faith. That's attitude, right? That, that, I, that I have my, my, my fixed reality on who God is and what he's doing. We have a bad attitude, listen to me, because we've bought the idea that comfort is the goal when maturity is the goal. You will never stop struggling this side of heaven, but so many of us are trying to create Camelot. The crazier and more dysfunctional your home was, the more you have a tendency to fight for this perfect Camelot scenario. And some of you are struggling so hard, like, I just, it's got to be perfect, and my family's got to be, and we got to have a, just got to have the white picket fence, and 2.3 dogs, and 1.7 kids, you know, you got to be the average, and well, if their kid's in soccer, my kids better be in soccer, and I, Right? And we do this comparison thing, and Instagram is killing us because we look at everybody else, and we go, and listen to me, Camelot is, 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 a, is a story, y'all. <laughs> it's a made-up story. Do we strive towards holiness? Absolutely. Do we strive to do, but we also are mature enough in our walk and our faith, we've got to understand where we are. We are sinful beings on a sinful planet, and there's just going to be stuff. One of the greatest pieces of advice that was ever given to me that I have passed on to young men after young men and, and one of our young men's in the Marines now and he's trained hundreds of Marines now and he says every time, he says, Pastor Mike used to always say this, which is awesome because somebody else said it to me so I just jacked it, you know, plagiarism. But um, I used to always say to him, listen to me, boys react and men respond. So let me say it to you this way. Worldly people react. Followers of Jesus respond. There's a huge difference between us reacting to the trials of life and responding. And it's a maturity. It's something that God is growing up inside of you. What is it that God is working out inside of you right now? So I want to jump. That was trials. And now James is going to talk about a separate topic, completely separate topic. We talked about trials. Now we're going to talk about temptation. Anybody have any temptations? Would you like to, to share? Anybody want to tell us? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Jump down to verse 13. Let's look at, let's talk about temptation. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Point number one there is, recognize the source of your temptation. Recognize the source of your temptation. When tempted... It says, when tempted, the Bible says. What does that mean? You're going to be tempted, right? If you have no temptations, I'd like to know how you do that. 
Now, you're not going to have them all, right? You're not, you're not going to have them all. Like, there are some things that some of you are tempted by that I look at and go, I don't care. I don't want that, right? And there are things that I'm tempted by that you look at and go, that's kind of weird. So, but all of us have at least that one spot. I, I, I got one. All of us at least have that one place that the devil knows, right? He, he has the perf- perfect lure. Got any fishermen here? He's got the perfect lure, right? He's got the perfect lure and he dangles it in front of your face. He dangles it, come on, come on. And it looks so, so good. It looks so, so good. James 1 and 14, but each one of you, when tempted, catch this, by his own evil desires. Whoa, 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 whoa time. The devil made me do it. Can I read that again? Hold on. But each one of you is tempted when by his own evil desires, he is dragged away. Don't say the devil made you do it. The devil didn't make you do it. The devil didn't make you do it. You chose to do it. That's an ownership and a responsibility that you and I need to take, right? That we own it, that we own it. When, when we jump in or, or we do things that we're not, that's us. By my own evil desires, he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. So let me help you, because if you're going to identify your enemy, the best way to do it is to identify their schemes. Can I give you the devil's schemes? Let's write it down. You ready? Let's write it down. Step by step, what it told us here. Number one is temptation. Every single one of us is going to have temptation. And let me say this to you. Listen, because you have temptation, that doesn't define you. Some of you have some real guilt struggles because of the temptations that you have. And that makes you feel like less of a person or less of a Christian or whatever. Can I say this to you? Excuse me, Jesus was tempted. Does that make Jesus less of a person? Okay? We're all going to be tempted. Temptation is a reality. It's an inevitable part of life. But the next step that happens is fantasy. Fantasy, right? Right? Where, uh, you know, my life would be better if... And most of that comes through the eyes. Most of that comes through the eyes. What I see. Come on. You see someone else on Instagram. You see someone else in your neighborhood. You see... That new little hot secretary at the office. Your husband hadn't been giving you the attention and somebody at the office says something flattering to you. And it sure feels good. And the fantasy. What, 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 what if? You know, what, what would that look like? You haven't sinned yet. But we're, but we're sort of playing with it a little bit. And we need Filters. You need a filter on your internet. You need accountability. This is why we do small groups, you guys. I sat around a table with some great guys on Saturday morning, and we talked about accountability and the reality of, and we were honest and dead honest about struggles and everything else. And I look forward to them asking me and me asking them, you keeping it all straight. You, we have to have that. We all have to have that reality in our lives because we go down that fantasy trail, and then the next step is, Moving toward sin. Now it becomes not just fantasy. You start kind of coming up with a, with a, with a plan. 
with a thought, with, a, with an idea. And can I say that if that's you this morning, if you're at that place this morning, can we like uh, help you sideswipe that and turn that thought process around? Come on, guys. If you've been looking and something looks better for some reason, you better figure out how to get away from it. You better figure out how to turn your head. Come on, ladies. We need to work on the gossip just a little bit. Right? That we talk and we say and we're moving closer and closer and we think about, I'm going to tell so-and-so this, or I'm so excited to be the first one to have the news about that. And we move towards sin, and, 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 and it's like the devil's just escorting us, right, down these steps. First comes the temptation, he puts it in front of our face, and then it comes into the fantasy, and well, what if, and man, that, you know, grass is always greener, right? No, it's not. The water bill's way high over there. Really high, right? And then we move towards sin, and then... Well, the act of sin comes. The moment we step in and we make that, we move, we send that text, make that phone call, we set up that meeting. And the scripture says there's really only one way for us to deal with before we hit that moment. And you need to hear me this morning if you hear nothing else. The scripture uses the word flee. Flee, run, run away run away run away somebody here this morning you're right there you're right at that place can i beg you to run away can i beg you to flee from whatever it is can i beg you to come and tell me and let me keep you accountable or find another somebody else in a small group and keep and say look this is what i've been thinking this is where my brain's been going. And there's not a person here this morning who is not battling this currently or has battled it fairly recently. So you're in good company. We're not, we're not, we're not a church full of holy people and holy Christians. This is a hospital. And some of us have just been in the hospital just a little bit longer than everybody else. Right? I'm no different than you. I love it, Mr. Wally has been hammering me since we launched the church. And I'm so grateful for it. He's a pain in the butt, but I'm so grateful for it. Because he's always asking me about accountability and being someplace where it's just me and another woman, right? Like he, he, he's hounding me the other day. We had this conversation the other day on the phone. And I'm so grateful for that. You need that. You, you need that accountability. I need that accountability. I don't want to be the next pastor that falls. You don't want to be the next husband. You don't want to be the next statistic. You don't want to be the next couple that's talked about in the community. You don't want your kids to go through what they're going to go through and what's going to happen from generation to generation to generation behind that. Whatever it is today, listen to me. I don't care pornography. It's drinking. Whatever it is that you're hiding, run, run, flee, and find somebody to help you. We want to help you because once we get to that place of the act of sin, The next step is death, spiritual death, or sometimes physical death. Sometimes our sin brings physical death, emotional death, financial death, whatever, whatever kind of death it is. But I, I need to say this to you this morning. If that's you and you've already found yourself in that place, you're living in sin or you've got something going on currently, 
Can I say to you that God's a God of second chances? That he loves you and he wants you to come home. And you can overcome it, even if you've gone to that place. I think it's Hebrews 4 that says he sympathizes with us. I get this picture of that verse of Jesus standing up there next to God. And we do something or we fantasize or we're kind of in this process of the devil's scheme of temptation. And he, and he, and he, he looks at us and then he looks at the Father and he goes, yeah, I remember that. That was tough. Because the scripture says he was tempted in every way. How cool is it that we have Jesus, our advocate, who we just remembered in communion, standing next to the Father going, yeah, God, Dad, look, man, I, that was tough. Like, Dad, I remember when that girl came in the room, my brain went a little crazy. I remember how hard that was to walk away from that scenario. I remember when people were wronging me and spitting in my face. How badly I wanted to spout out everything about their life because I'm God, I know everything. Can you imagine what it's like for Jesus to have people spit in your face? I'd have been like, let me tell you what he did last week and the week before that, right? But he did it. And he goes, I, I remember, I remember how hard that was. I remember how much I wanted to slander someone else or say something ugly. I remember how much I wanted to respond. I got to tell you guys how touched I was Friday night being with these officers. Not one of them goes to church. It was a big joke all night, right? And, and the one, like, I, I don't know if it's just he doesn't know church or he thought it was funny, but my new nickname to him is he calls me Padre. And he introduced me all night long. This is Padre. He's our new chaplain for the Leesburg Police Department, right? And they did their best to try to keep the cussing down and some of the comments and all that kind of stuff. These are not church people. But do you know what I saw in them? I have never seen people be treated so badly and yet be so patient and professional. Holy cow, y'all. I got to be honest. They treated those, better than, those people better than I think most Christians treat them. I was convicted. I was convicted of the, the way that they loved and the, and, the, and the way that they did that. And so that's, that's for us. That we would understand people are going to fall into sin. And maybe that's you today. But God... But God, there's a, there's a verse that starts, but God. But God loves you and wants you back. And even if you're in that place, even if you're in that place that God still loves you and wants you back. James 1 and 16, let me move forward because I got a lot still to cover and I need to finish. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly light, who does not change like shifting sh shadows. So number three is we got to learn how to overcome temptation. We got to learn how to deal with temptation. And here's what I'm going to advise to you. I was thinking about this, like, what is, what is my best advice to give somebody to deal with temptation? Well, number one would be run, right? Like if you're in the office and I want a video, but if you're in the office and that little hot secretary comes over and goes, hey, good morning. Don't say anything. Just turn around and run out the office. And I'm being dead serious. Like, it, 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 just, just, just run. But you're not going to be able to run for long. Like that temptation is going to keep coming. So how do we overcome that? And I think one of the best ways for you to overcome the temptations that are coming, the scripture says, when you are tempted, is to be in the mode of serving other people. Because when we're serving, it's hard for us to be selfish. Right? 
When, when my efforts and my mind are focused outward, I'm not so focused on making myself comfortable or pleasing my own passions. And so let me encourage you, one of the best ways, I think, maybe to overcome temptation is intentional motion. I'm, I'm moving on purpose to do something. And it's amazing timing for this message because we've got some amazing things coming on. I, I wrote down boredom, boredom. Boredom is the refusal to be who you are. See, you were created to serve other people. So if you're bored, you're not doing who you are. The reality of, of us getting up and moving and doing something, and this is when it happens when you're sitting around and you're bored, when you're going through life and it's just the monotony and the same old, same old, that's when temptation comes. Come on, y'all. Right? I need a little excitement. Come on, men. There's something inside of us that wants a quest. We want to conquer. I need a horse and a sword. That's inside of us. But if you're going every day and punching the clock and punching the clock and punching the clock, eventually, yeah, that little girl, she's going to look good. And that sounds exciting. And that's kind of a quest. Right? There's got to be intentional motion about your life and what you're doing and the purpose that God's created you for. And that's to serve other people. I'm so excited. Some guys showed up this week. We got like 23 guys that signed up for our new men on mission. Once a month, they're going to be serving uh, on Saturdays to, to serve other people. Hey, what better way to think about what you do on Friday night than to know you got to get up and go be with a bunch of church guys on Saturday morning at 8 a.m.? Right? That's accountability. That's intentional motion. That's, that's getting plugged in. Love Week's about to happen. Get plugged in with Love Week. This Friday, is it Friday night to shine? Right? Friday night is night to shine. It's Tim Tebow's big, um, big deal that he does for special needs kids. It's prom for special needs kids. This Friday night, it's over in Eustace. You can sign up and go serve somebody else. Don't go to the bar again Friday night. Go serve some kid that needs them to be served. Get, get outside of your own comfort. When you start serving, I promise you, temptation gets... When you're fulfilling your purpose, then temptation is nothing more than a distraction. When you are intentional about what you're doing, I ain't got, I ain't got time for that right now. I, who's got time? Like, that's something I've just said to my wife recently. I didn't plan to say this, but anyway. So we know some people, some different people that have had some issues with their marriages and infidelity and, and, and things going on. And I told my wife the other day, I'm like, I ain't got time for that. Like, I actually took my schedule and thought, like, how would I schedule in sneaking around with someone else? <laughs> and y'all, I, I ain't got it in my time. I don't know how it would work. Like, I'd have to stop doing You know why? It's, it's because I, most of the time my time's filled up with trying to serve or doing this or being involved. Intentional motion, right? We say it to our kids, right? Idleness is the, is the devil's handy, you know, is, 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 what's the, what's, I don't know what the saying is. Thank you very much, that, right? Idle hands are the devil's workshop, but, and, 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 and maybe that's the case for us. Maybe the case is that you're having so much of a struggle with, with temptation because you're not intentionally moving. And if you're not intentionally moving and you don't know what to do, call us. We'll put your butt to work, y'all. You know what I'm saying? We got stuff to do because this community needs hope like we started with. Um, the 5K is this Saturday. You can come out and run or get involved there. Next week, listen to me, next week when we give, next week, all of the offering that is given in both services next Sunday is going out. Okay? And it's going to be used for Love Week. One of the ways it's going to use it is we're going to give away several thousand dollars worth of free gas 
on a random day in two weeks. We're also going to give away about $500 at the bread store in $10 pops where they can get bread and all this kind of stuff. You get out there and give gas away. Listen to me. There ain't no high like that, y'all. You know what I'm saying to you? I mean, I saw a bunch of weed on Friday night. You know what I'm talking about when I was out? There ain't no amount of weed that I saw on Friday night that can give you the high of what it is like to pump $20 worth of free gas and then somebody cry to you and say, I didn't know I was going to get to my doctor's appointment. Right? You want to fight temptation, man. Intentional motion that we start doing something and then that Saturday we do the Oak Park cleanup. When you're living purposefully, temptation is seen for what it is. It's just a distraction from where we need to be. Right? 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. Everybody's dealing with it. Everybody's got temptations common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Right? Our God is a good God. Verse 18, and I'm going to finish here. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. Number four is fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Because he, the author and finisher of our faith. Think that through. Author, he wrote it. And finisher, he'll carry me through of my faith. He's the author and the finisher of your attitude. Right? That, that it's all about him. So I want to show you one verse, and I asked Chelsea just to come up and play. We're going to have invitation, but John 14 and 15. Let me ask you a question. When you read this verse, do you put the emphasis before or after the comma? You put the emphasis before the comma, it would sound like this. If you love me, keep my commands. So many people think that that's who God is. If you love me, you'll keep my commands. But God is a God who puts the emphasis on the other side of the comma. Listen to me, he says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Hear the difference? If you'll fix your eyes on Jesus and who he is and what he's called you to be and what he's called you to do. If you'll just love him as best as you can, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if any of y'all are like this, but I feel like this all the time. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Pastor of a church, give me a break, man. I know Mike. Mike minus Jesus is a disaster. How about you? How about you choose to love him today? Just, just, just love him today. So grateful for who you are. So grateful for what you do in my life. And today, I'm going to do my best to fix my eyes on and love you. And when I do, well, then I'll follow your commands because your commands are just secondary. They're just part of the relationship. So what about you today? What did the Holy Spirit say to you? Is it in the area of trials, reaction and response? Is it in the area of temptation? Is there, is there some kind of sin in your life right now that you need to deal with. You need to flee or run from. You need to ask forgiveness. Is there something that you're right at the doorstep of? And today the Holy Spirit orchestrated today just for you to say, ah, whoa, 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 time. No, 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 no. Turn around. 
Let's go the other direction. Or maybe you're today, you're, you're here and you just feel far from God. And part of the reason you feel far from God is because you put the emphasis before the comma. Because it's this, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. Like, what's wrong with you? And that's not our God at all. Our God looks at you and says, if you just love me, if you love me, you'll, you'll keep my commands. Stop focusing on the commands. Just love me. Choose me. Right? Let's pray and ask God to help us to respond to whatever it is that the Holy Spirit has put on our hearts today. Father God, so grateful for your word. And it was a hard teaching today, God. This is, this is kind of getting down to it kind of stuff. But we're grateful and thankful. And I personally ask you to forgive me for whining and complaining. That I've chosen comfort instead of maturity. And, and God, I commit today, I, I, I want your maturity. I want to pass the test. I want to know what it is that you're teaching me through the trials and the struggles. And so for those that are here today, and that's their prayer today, God, we ask you collectively, would you tell us what you're teaching us? Would you help us to understand? We ask for your wisdom, as James told us to do, that we can push forward in the trials and in the things that you have for us. God, for those that are dabbling with temptation right now in certain areas, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and, and bring breakthrough in those areas. Give us a courage and a strength to run to flee from those things that the enemy is dangling in front of us. And for those, God, that feel far from you today, help them just to choose to love you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here in our midst today. You're a good, good God. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Would you take out that Connect card that's in your experience guide? And if you're a first-time guest, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Um, I promise it's not quite always this heavy. <laughs> uh, but it will be when it has to be. Because we believe the word is the word. But if you would fill that out for us, it's name, phone, and email real quick and easy. If today you feel like I need to give my life to Jesus for the very first time, you feel far from God, there's a place that you can mark that. It says, today I choose, I've decided to follow Jesus. Or maybe it's a recommitment day. There's a place you can mark that as well. If you want to sign up for any of the things that we mentioned, whether it be car wash or Oak Park or gas giveaway, you want information when that's going to happen, um, put that on there. And then, of course, on the back is a place where we, uh, we take prayer requests. And our prayer team so awesome. Thank you. I don't know who it was. Somebody last week, because I told you how diligent they were, wrote this nice message to our prayer team that said, thank you for being so diligent. So thank you for encouraging them. Um, but they're here every Tuesday, um, all morning long praying. So write your prayer requests. And you have no idea because um, some of you that write prayer requests on a regular basis, they know you by name. They're praying for you every day. Um, and we're believing. We're believing. But here's what we're believing, because based on today's teaching, we're believing that God's going to teach you what he needs to teach you and that you're going to cooperate with the growth process, right? And move forward into what it is that God has for you. So you can take those connect cards and, and drop them in the bucket. The ushers are coming now to receive our tithes and our offerings.